Welcome back to all my Tuscans and Twi'leks out there in internet land. This week I've got a lot of news, a look at the last two episodes of The Clone Wars, and a very special review of the Star Wars Living Card Game. I know it's a few months behind, but this is the first chance I'd had to crack the box open and sit down and play it with a few friends. So without further ado, let's fire up those hyperdrives, blast off in the asteroid field for another trip to my own private Alderaan. Since you are reluctant to provide us with the location of the rebel base, I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Alderaan. No, Alderaan is peaceful. We have no weapons. You can't You will possibly... prefer another target, a military target? Then name the system. You want to take your shirt off. What's up, Chewbacca? What's up, my Wookiee? Ah, oh, I love the feeling of fresh air on my naked breasts. May it be honored if you would join Okay, first up this week, I've got to say that my prayers and thoughts go out to uh, the lovely lady, Miss Carrie Fisher, because recently she was, this past week, hospitalized for what the spokesperson says she went to the hospital briefly to adjust her medication and is feeling much better now Fisher is currently in Los Angeles um, it said there was a medical incident that happened due to her bipolar disorder um, and she had an episode on a Caribbean cruise ship doing her one woman show um, it says uh, you know she's admitted in the past that she occasionally undergoes electroshock therapy to treat the illness. Um, her quote is, electroshock just puts you to sleep. There's no convulsions, Fisher said of her drastic treatment. It actually really helps. I don't have to take as much medication. It gets a bad rap. The only way it's showed in films is as a punishment. Um, hopefully this will not affect her decision or uh, plans to come back. Hopefully this will not affect her decision or plans to come back for Episode 7. Uh, nothing has been confirmed yet, of course, but she has expressed interest in returning as Princess Leia. Um, it was also quoted by her mother, Debbie Reynolds, that uh, she is fine and she is at home and, and doing okay. But our prayers and thoughts are with you, Miss Fisher. Uh, I, know, I know she listens to my podcast religiously, but... Uh, <laughs> If it gets back to anybody that knows anyone else in the Fisher camp, um, just let her know that we here at my own private Alderaan are uh, very sympathetic to that. Uh, my brother actually suffers from bipolar disorder and uh, various other types of disorders, but I know how much of a chore and uh, uh, a hardship it can be to live a life with such a, uh, a neurological disorder. But on a happier note, um, 
she has come out and said that she wants to be a part of episode 7 and I am looking forward to that so much I would really really love to see Carrie Fisher come back as Princess Leia now the only concern that I've heard from fellow fans and other people who might not even be into Star Wars but know who these people are um, how do I put this delicately uh Maybe she needs to hit Jenny Craig a little bit harder. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, we we oh, and I just forgot her name, but uh, Marion Ravenwood from the Indiana Jones series. You know, we all know how much of a looker she was back in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then she returns for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I mean, she wasn't looking bad. She wasn't looking bad at all, but uh, she obviously wasn't her uh, lithe young self that she was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. So hopefully Carrie Fisher can pull a Marion and look like a a, a very well-kept older woman, Um, even though she hasn't really kept herself well. I mean, there's no hope of her getting into that slave bikini anytime soon, but uh, hopefully she will return and be in good health and of sound mind and all of that. Uh, moving on, in a little bit of EU news, the Star Wars Books Facebook page um, recently posted a change to the release dates of two books. The John Jackson Miller pin Kenobi, which covers what Obi-Wan is up to while he's off in the desert after he drops Luke off in that at the Lars Homestead. Um, I am looking forward to this book immensely because I've always wanted to hear the story of what Ben was up to. Or how Obi-Wan became Ben Kenobi. And we've seen that a little bit in Jude Watson's The Last of the Jedi series. It was a young reader series. And I don't know about you guys. I'm going to have to do a a feature on that sometime. But the young reader series of books are great. I mean, they've got good stories. But they've just been, you know, basically crapped on as far as EU and continuity goes. Because... Anytime something happens on the Clone Wars, you're just like, oh, well, that was just a young reader novel. How many kids actually read that novel? Hmm. So there, there, has been, there have been stories before, but this is going to be an official, you know, EU, highest level canon. Well, not highest level, because it's EU. So whatever highest EU level canon is, you know, the definitive tale of what was going on in the intervening years between episode 3 and episode 4 with Ben Kenobi. And I'm looking forward to it. Every time I see anything about this book, I think of that mythos statue that they they took uh, how Ewan McGregor looked at the end of episode 3 and how Alec Guinness looked at the beginning of episode 4 and kind of merged them together and you got to see what he would look like in the transition you know, between Ewan McGregor to Sir Alec Guinness, and I just think that's beautiful. I want that so bad. Um, It's going to be on the Mopa Christmas list for all my listeners who feel like uh, pitching in and getting me something for uh, for the holidays uh, is the Obi-Wan Kenobi Mythos statue, available at a retailer near you. But the other book that has gotten a change of date is the Rebels series novel, that's focusing on Leia, um, penned by Martha Wells. 
Um, it's scheduled now for an October 29th, 2013 um, release date, which is a week earlier than it was originally. And the uh, Kenobi by John Jackson Miller is going to be releasing on August 27th, a whole month earlier than the previous date was. So I'm looking forward to that. I really love these EU novels, and that's what's kept my fandom alive, is being able to read the EU, even when it's crap, even when we're dealing with uh, Killix and uh, the whole the Swarm War thing, and Abeloth, and all of that. And if you guys haven't read any of the novels and are planning to, I apologize, spoilers, um, but I speak in abstract, so hopefully you won't know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll, you'll get there when you read the books. But speaking of EU authors, um, The Hollywood Reporter recently put out a thing where EU authors uh, such as Drew Carpitian, Paul S. Kemp, Troy Denning, John Jackson Miller, James Lucino, Michael Reeves, Christy Golden, and Aaron Alston all sat down and uh, answered a few questions about what they want to see in Episode 7. I really liked this because it was great hearing what their opinions were. Because these are the people that are probably going to be handling the EU post-Episode 7. Post-Disney Star Wars, how are they going to handle the EU? Um, and we don't know if the EU is still going to be around post-Disney Star Wars. Um, episode 7 could come in and just totally rape our EU and just pick and choose and, and go at it like a vulture and just get what they need out of it and then trash all the rest. But I'm not going to be negative. I'm going to be positive. Hopefully they will keep the EU around and all the books they have planned that are coming out before and after Episode 7 will still be around whenever we get to 2015. But some of the great ones I saw were uh, Paul S. Kemp wrote, What I hope to see from Episodes 7 through 9, what I really hope to see is love of the underlying subject matter. I think Star Wars is a phenomenon because it's more than just a space opera or space fantasy. Take your pick. It's a mythic story and touches at something deep in the human experience. It's built on a foundation of heroic myth and heroic transformation, and that's what makes it so appealing, generation after generation. I'd just like to see the new stories build off of that foundation, because it's a rich one, and there's lots of room for new and wonderful stories, all while hewing to, all while hewing to the mythic structure. When asked the same question, Drew Carpitian said, I'd like to see the films that are directed towards an older, more mature audience. It felt like episodes 1 through 3 were directed at children and a generally younger demographic, which is great for bringing in new fans, but as an adult Star Wars fan, I'd like to return to the darker, more serious tone of The Empire Strikes Back. Now, both of these are valid points. I agree with Mr. Kemp that the mythos of Star Wars, I mean, that's, that's really what keeps me going back to it is the fact that there are so many stories and the the universe seems lived in i mean it just seemed like if you guys haven't had a chance to pick up march's issue of wired magazine it gives a whole plethora of things of star wars i mean it's a it's a cornucopia of star wars goodness but one of the things that what's his name chris hardwick yes chris hardwick from the nerdist podcast one of the things that he says because he's the main focus of the the whole deal is that it just seemed like Star Wars was one of any number of stories that could have been told about this universe, this galaxy far, far away. And that's what I've always loved about the EU is that they're expanding and telling you those stories 
that could have happened. Now, granted, with the EU novels and with Star Wars, we, we always seem to come back to the big three. You know, Han, Luke, and Leia. And we're focusing on what's going on in their lives and the Skywalker clan and all this kind of stuff. But some of my favorite stories have nothing to do with the main theme, the main drive of Star Wars. It's the, the little things, like Tales from Jabba's Palace or Tales from the Most Isaac Cantina. The whole Tales book series, the Tales of um, Star Wars book series, is amazing because it's the little background things that you, you get to see going on. Um, Shadows of the Empire. I love Shadows of the Empire. The Force Unleashed, because these are all background stories. Yes, we might have main characters in them, but this is what's going on behind the scenes, like watching the bar scene in Attack of the Clones. You look in the background, and you can tell there's all these other different lives that are just now coming into focus on the camera because Obi-Wan and Anakin are walking through chasing Zam Wessel. When the camera moves away from them, in a lot of movies, if the camera moves away from the background people... It's like the background people never existed, or they cease to be. But in Star Wars, whenever the camera moves away, you know that action is still going on. You know that this life is still moving forward for those characters. And, you know, that's just how I feel, and I love that. But what Mr. Karpishan says about he wants an older, more mature type of Star Wars. From what J.J. Abrams has given us in the past, some of his movies aren't really kid-friendly. I'll take the Star Trek remake, for example. The 2009 Star Trek. It had a darker tone. I mean, I, I don't know very many kids' movies that start off with uh, thousands upon thousands of death and the main character's father getting killed. Well, I mean, there are a lot of kids' movies that kind of start out that way because it's the hero's journey type of thing. Not in that manner. I mean, we get to see him blow up. The reason Empire is my favorite movie of the original trilogy is because it ends on that down note. Is because we're like we're left with, um, okay, how are we going to come back from this? I know we've got to come back, and it, it's it's building tension. That entire movie was a tension builder because you're seeing these things fall. the 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 rebel base gets taken out at the beginning of, you know, the rebel base base on Hoth gets taken out at the beginning of Empire. And then Boba Fett follows the Millennium Falcon. Um, they get betrayed at Bespin. Luke has to face Darth Vader in the cave. And Yoda warns him that it's 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 not good. You, you can't leave right now. You're not ready. But everything kind of comes back down to a, a, you know, a sour note, a down note. And I think that's what I loved about episode... Five is that it builds tension. You know, you get the release in episode six when the with the redemption of Anakin Skywalker and them blowing up the second Death Star and all of the Emperor's machinations falling apart around him because of one act of love from father to son. And I love that. I, I'm. I'm chomping at the bit to see these movies and see what they give us because it's it's going to be great. It's going to be new Star Wars. It's going to be Star Wars I can take my children to and see in the theaters with fresh eyes. But in regards to what Mr. Karpishan says, I would like to see a more mature type of Star Wars because the prequels were kiddie movies. I mean, well, Episode 3 definitely wasn't a kiddie movie, but Episodes 1 and 2 were... 
you know, oh, let's have a fun romp and run around and, and shoot some droids. And Oh, no, you know, and we had Jar Jar. Whatever your feelings are on Jar Jar, you know, he did play a vital role in the end in Episode 3. But, good Lord, and, and Anakin Skywalker saying, yippee, too many freaking times. And come on, I was like, okay, so it was 99. Good Lord. It was 13 years ago. So I would have been 14. Yeah. I was 14, and when I went and saw that, and saw Anakin Skywalker on autopilot, going out into space and fighting, and then he's the one that ends up taking out the droid uh, control ship, um, okay, they just jumped the Sarlacc, like, big time, in my mind, but I accepted it, because I was like, well, he's the chosen one, so, you know, he's gonna pull off some amazing crap, he's gonna, he's gonna pull something out of his butt every now and again, but, <laughs> at 14, I was like, oh, come on, I can only imagine being a grown man, or a grown fan, and going to see that, and being all like, for real? For serious? Come on, George. Come on. Just make it up to us in the next two, and we'll forgive you for episode one. You know, and that seemed to be the attitude that a lot of people had back during that time. But with the new trilogy, hopefully Disney will accede to fan demand and make something that is acceptable to both children's and children and adults. And looking at Disney's track record, I mean, watching Disney movies as a kid, I was enthralled by the magic and the wonder that is Disney. But coming back and watching some of them as an adult, um, you know, my kids are still enthralled by that magic. But me, I'm sitting here noticing things that I didn't notice before, noticing jokes and visual cues that I didn't notice before. That I'm like, uh, yeah, that's put in for mom and dad, definitely. <laughs> When asked what secondary or expanded universe character I'd like to see that get the spotlight, Troy Denning simply said Jaina Solo without a doubt. Jaina is Han and Leia's only surviving child and one of the most capable members of the Jedi Order. She is emerging of, as the leader of the next generation, and she's one of the most popular characters in the whole novel line. I don't think there could be a better choice. John Jackson Miller... Author John Jackson Miller put his bid in as this. It'd be a blast to see Lando as Chancellor. The gamblers, smugglers, and criminals have sort of a world of their own, apart from what's going on in the galactic drama between the Jedi and the Sith. From the expanded universe, most of my work has been in the past or distant past. So if we're getting pantheons of blue ghosts, there's a range of folks that would be fun to see. From Arca Jeth to my own Zane Carrick and Kara Holt. There are some old villains that could do turns in holographic form, too, and practically every droid from the past has at least a theoretical chance of still being around. If we see a droid that's refusing to do any work, that'd be LB from the KOTOR comics. Sitting immobile for 4,000 years would suit him just fine. <laughs> and I think it's nice to see that the uh, these authors are, are putting their two cents in on what they'd like to see in the upcoming Star Wars trilogy. Um, of course, any Star Wars fan, especially Star Wars podcasters or bloggers or anything like that, are constantly putting their ideas forward to what they want to see. But we're not going to be able to know until it's actually here, you know. We're just going to have to wait with bated breath 
for those uh, for Fandango to post uh, pre-order tickets for episode seven. And uh, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I am looking forward to that day. I've got the uh, money put back because what's it going to be like forty, fifty dollars a movie ticket by twenty fifteen? I don't know. But moving on to our next story. In another little bit of episode seven news, it has been rumored on the internet that Mara Jade Skywalker will appear in episode seven. And if she does appear, the top three frontrunners for her to play her, portray her on screen, are Julianne Moore, Jodie Foster, or Christina Hendricks. Wow. Um, I have no idea how they just kind of picked these out of thin air. But in a report on Fanshare.com... This is what they had to say. A few names have been mentioned so far, and while some have been younger stars such as Summer Glau, it is fair to assume that an older actress will be needed. That has led to some corners of the Star Wars fan world suggesting Julianne Moore. Julianne is a very accomplished actress who can easily pull off the necessary necessary physicality required to play Mara Jade Skywalker. However, some Star Wars fans have dismissed Julianne Moore's participation. In a younger note, Christina Hendricks... One of the younger stars who have been linked to the role. Um, wow. I mean, I can't take any of this as credible or, or serious because if they do pick an actress to play Mara Jade, I don't think it's going to be a big name actress, um, such as an Oscar winner like Jodie Foster or um, a very well known actress like Julianne Moore or even Christina Hendricks. I mean, she's definitely got the looks factor going on and the red hair but I cannot believe that they would do this to such a beloved EU character as just plugging whatever big name actress fits the bill in there and letting it go it makes no sense if Mara Jade Skywalker is going to be featured in episode 7 I'm sure they're going to pick somebody who can complement Mark Hamill's portrayal of an older Luke Skywalker and, you know, make it seem like they actually would be a good couple. You know, somebody that would fit in the Star Wars universe. And none of these actresses that have been named, I can see, would fit in the Star Wars universe. I mean, maybe Summer Glau, but I I wouldn't see her as Mara Jade. She'd be more of a Tahiri Vela to me. You know, even though Tahiri Vela's a blonde and all that kind of stuff, I, I would definitely see her she's got kind of that wild aspect and if you saw her in um as river in what is it oh i'm sorry guys it's late uh firefly and serenity if you guys saw her as river in there you could see the wild aspect and she's definitely got the physical chops to pull that off but moving on another little piece of Episode 7 news, and I swear this is the last one for me this week. Mark Wahlberg has expressed his interest in being in Episode 7, or being involved in the Star Wars franchise. Um, A little while ago, he was offered a role in the Star Trek remake by J.J. Abrams, and he turned it down. But now he's come back, since seeing the movie, he's come back and said, I would love to work with J.J., it would be great. And I have a little bit of audio from a YouTube channel report, and uh, I'll play that for you guys right here.
Mark Wahlberg talks turning down a role in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, but is he game for Star Wars 7? Hey guys, I'm Elena Scantlin. ENTV has the details. Mark Wahlberg isn't one to shy away from the sci-fi genre. He's been in Planet of the Apes, and he's starring in Michael Bay's upcoming Transformers 4. Yet, when it comes to one of the biggest franchises in Hollywood, he wasn't veiling it. In an interview with Total Film, the actor revealed that he was offered a role in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek reboot in 2009. It was to play Captain Kirk's father, a role which ultimately went to Avengers star Chris Hemsworth. Let's name him after your dad. Let's call him Jim. So what happened? Wahlberg explains, I tried to read the script and I didn't understand the words, the dialogue, or anything. He recalls turning down the part only to be blown away by the end result, saying, I was like, holy he did a great job. Wahlberg goes on to say he thinks Abrams will do something spectacular as the director of the new Star Wars film, Episode 7, and he even seems to hint at a desire to be in the film, saying, I probably wouldn't pass up an opportunity to work with J.J. again, so if he wanted me to do something that I couldn't fully understand, I'd probably give it a shot. So what do you guys think? Would you like to see Wahlberg enter the Star Wars galaxy? And all I have to say to that is... Mr. Abrams, I implore you, I cannot tell you enough how much I do not want to see Marky Mark Wahlberg in Episode 7, 8, or 9, or any subsequent Star Wars property. Please, for the love of God, keep Marky Mark out of Star Wars. Even if you put him in as like Dash Rendar, who everybody thinks is a joke anyway, don't do it. Bubala, I'm telling you, it's not going to work. Don't do it. But as a palate cleanser to that horrible, horrible notion that Marky Mark Wahlberg will be in anything related to Star Wars, we have some news from her universe, yay, with the lovely Ashley Eckstein and her fashion company has a lot of news coming out this week. First up, they have gotten the license, her universe has gotten the license to the expanded universe of Lucasfilm. So we can expect some really cool stuff coming down the line that's focusing on EU um, properties. Uh, When asked about it, Ashley responded saying, Yes, we are designing several new Star Wars designs this year. Everything will be debuting in May. We are making shirts, dresses, jewelry, and we have Rogue Squadron designs. And I am so excited to announce that Lucasfilm has given us the rights to design shirts for the women in the EU. So expect more Mara Jade and Jaina Solo designs. Uh, The Rogue Squadron stuff will be coming down the pike in May. And I want to get some stuff from my wife. Um, Most of the things that I have to get for her have to be like secret Star Wars. Like it's not obvious what it is. Like the Queen Amidala shirts and some other things I've seen. The jewelry and things like that. I can get it for her and it's not apparent to the lay person, the non-initiated person, that it is Star Wars. So I can get away with it and she can get away with wearing it. I know she's wearing something Star Wars so the geek side of me is like, yay, my wife is supporting me. But she sometimes has no idea that it's Star Wars. So <laughs> that's the best uh, the best way to go with my wife because she's not a geek. I'm ungeekly yoked as I'd like to say. But moving on... Her Universe and Ashley Eckstein uh, this week announced the Year of the Fangirl, a new campaign campaign to highlight geek girls. Ashley's team of uh, female geeks that are going to be helping her out with this 
are Tricia Barr, Aaron Kellahan, Amy Ratcliffe, Victoria Scruffy Rebel Schmidt, and Lillian Skye. And the focus of the Year of the Fangirl will be to highlight ladies as their fangirls of the day. And uh, it's this, this is an awesome program. If you want to be involved, you can go to the Her, Her Universe site and um, sign your friends up. But, uh, well, don't let me tell you. I'll let Ashley tell you because she posted a video about it and I got the audio. So here we go. Dream your world, be your world, and flaunt your world. Hey everyone, Ashley here, and I am so excited to share with you today our new campaign for 2013 called The Year of the Fangirl. When we first launched Her Universe in 2010, I promised that Her Universe would be two parts. First, it's a merchandise line for female sci-fi fans, but more importantly, a community for female sci-fi fans. A safe place for fangirls to step into the spotlight and where your voices can be heard. You know, we've had a stereotype to debunk. Most people believe that sci-fi was just for the men and the boys, and that is not the case. Sci-fi is for everyone. Close to half of all sci-fi fans are women and girls. And the only way to change people's minds is for us to speak up. United we stand, divided we fall. So I've wanted to always make Her Universe a safe place for fangirls of all ages to speak up and say, hey, I'm a girl and I like sci-fi. So 2013, we are going to celebrate you. I have traveled the nation over the past couple years, and I have heard all of your stories. I have been so inspired by you, and I wanted to create a platform to, um, to share all of your stories every day. I, I want every day to be a celebration of you. So here's what we need you to do. The Her Universe blog is going to be transformed. Every day, we are going to highlight a different fangirl. We're going to call it Fangirl of the Day. Now, how are we going to do that? Because that's a lot of days. We're going to do that in three ways. I'm going to bring you my posts. I'm going to scour the nation and find girls that um, I love your stories, and I'm going to I'm going to highlight you. I've also assembled a team of five writers that are going to help me find girls all over the world and bring you their stories. And then the third part, I need you to submit a post about a girl you know or yourself. We just want to hear your stories. So there is a form on our website. Click here. Click below me. There's a button below me. So click on that button. And it'll take you to our Fangirl of the Day form. Please fill out those questions. And if you want, submit a photo. Now what's important, Her Universe is a community and we try to keep it very, very safe for all of our girls. So if you submit a photo to us, we will be asking you to sign a photo release form. You need to sign it and return it to us. That's very important, otherwise we can't post your photo. The other thing, we're going to highlight girls of all ages, whether they're 2 or whether they're 80. We want to hear your story. However, if the fangirl is under 13, the only way we can post about that girl is if the post is from her parents. So parents, if you have a little fangirl, we want to hear their story and please fill out the form. So if you want to fill it out about somebody you know or fill it out about yourself, 
please, the only way we're going to do this is with your help. We want 2013 to be a celebration, and we want to hear everyone's stories. So please fill out this form. Please check back every day to see if your fangirl was chosen as fangirl of the day, and stay tuned. 2013 is going to be a fun year. We're going to have special events, special promotions, because it's all about you, and it's all to celebrate fangirls. But like Ashley says, if you've got a fangirl in your life, you need to sign them up, go to her universe, get the PDF, fill out the form, and turn it in so that they can be featured as the fangirl of the day from her universe and their year of the fangirl. But I think that's a good enough spot for us to move on to our Clone Wars coverage. This week I'll be covering Clone Wars Episode 518, The Jedi Who Knew Too Much, and 519, To Catch a Jedi. Well, The Clone Wars has not disappointed so far. Um, season 5 is coming to a close, and we are now just at the time of this recording a couple of days away from the finale. Whether or not it's the series finale, we don't know yet, but definitely the season finale for season 5. But episode 518, The Jedi Who Knew Too Much had the uh, fortune cookie, Courage Begins by Trusting Oneself. Um, in the opening scenes, we are given the Jedi uh, equivalent of a funeral, and they are remembering and honoring the Jedi who pa- perished in the explosion um, that was set by Leta. The Anakin and Ahsoka were called back to investigate last week, on last week's episode, or the previous week's episode. Um, The Jedi Pyre in this, the Laser Pyre, as I call it, was awesome. Um, And it makes sense in a large cityscape like Coruscant, where they don't have plots of land where they can go out and just freely burn a body and everything. It it makes sense to do it this way. It's a, a more effective and efficient and sterile way to honor the traditions of the Jedi but also to keep the well keep the mess down, you know. So the janitor, that's the janitors that are walking through the streets of Coruscant, uh, you know, their uh, public works aren't overtasked, cleaning up the ash cloud of Jedi fallen dead. <laughs> oh, that that's not funny. That's morbidly funny. I'm sorry for laughing. But moving on, um, after the funeral, we see um, I saw Ailey Secura walking, and I don't know about you guys, but I always kind of notice when Ayla Secura is walking around. (laughs) But Ahsoka is very agitated with uh, Tarkin in the military, um, and she's kind of showing a little bit of, a little more emotion than I think the Jedi should, or the Jedi of this time um, would think would deem appropriate. 
because she's saying that, you know, Leta needs to get exactly what she deserves. And that's getting a little close to the dark side for her. Um, but she's walking with uh, Anakin and Admiral Tarkin at this time, and Barisophie. And Barisophie seems very, very depressed or distracted. Um, there's a moment in the funeral where Yoda asks for a moment of silence for the fallen Jedi, and of course Ahsoka being the young woman that she is, the teenage girl, she can't stop talking, so she starts talking to Barris and saying, did you know any of them? And she says, yes, I knew one of them. He was he taught me how to hold a lightsaber properly. And she's remembering him. But afterwards, she seems withdrawn or, you know, almost remorseful over the act of the bombing, not over the loss of the fellow Jedi. But I'll get into that more later. Um, I noticed throughout all of these episodes, a visual shift is taking place. Um, it just seems to have like a darker tone. Earlier on in earlier seasons, whenever we saw the Jedi Temple, it had a very light, um, open air feel to it. And now it's feeling a little bit more closed in. Um, there's, there's like a shadow hanging over the Jedi Temple or, or whenever we see scenes of the good guys. It's like, it's, it's a cloudy day. It's like filming on a cloudy day. And it, you could tell that you're outside and it's daylight and it's bright enough to see clearly, but it looks dim or kind of gray or washed out. And I'm really, really liking this. The closer we get to episode three, the, the darker the palette of the Clone Wars starts to become. Um, but Ahsoka is... Ahsoka is asked to go see Leta. She's asked for by name. And when she goes to see her, Leta says, "When I was told if I was ever in trouble, the Jedi to talk to would be you. And they kind of have a little exchange, and Leta lets slip that the, a Jedi was involved in the bombing. And as she's about to tell Ahsoka who it is, she is force-choked and lifted up into the air, and Ahsoka puts her hands up and is you know, very concerned about her, but we see it we see get one of those things where it kinda of moves back from the scene you're seeing and then moves through the lens of a camera and then you see it on the security monitor. And from the footage it looks like Ahsoka is choking Leto using the force. And this is used to Leto is killed, is choked to death by the you know, the force choke, and Commander Fox and the clones come into the prison cell and put Ahsoka under arrest. Well, back at the Jedi Temple, meanwhile, back at the Jedi Temple, we see Ahsoka, or Anakin and Master Yoda and Master Windu all looking, watching this holovid of what happened at the, the prison, and nobody can believe it. Everybody's, no, no, that, that couldn't be right. There's, there's got to be some kind of explanation. Anakin, of course, rushes off to go see, um, see about his Padawan, and the others are very concerned. Uh, when Anakin gets to the prison, the clones basically say, this is not a Jedi matter, this is a military matter, you need to back off. And Anakin gets very forceful and pokes the glass. And you can see Commander Fox kind of flinch, like, oh crap, uh, I really don't want to mess with this guy because I've, I've heard all about him from Captain Cody and I'm about to crap my armor. But he backs down and then 
we see Ahsoka wake up from her cell, wash her face, look over, and see a key card laying right outside of her cell. Using the Force, she opens the door, goes out, and sees that the clones have been incapacitated, and starts getting a bad feeling. Me, personally, I would have turned around, walked back to my cell, and just, you know, or stood there and said, Hey, look, I found this key card outside of my cell. I used it. I thought somebody had left it there for me to get out. But you guys have been knocked out, and that's not cool. Um, let's talk about this. Let's figure out what's going on. Somebody bring up security footage, something. But instead, she decides to start running, which I guess would be better for the story. But... She starts to uh, move down the hallway, and she finds her lightsaber and comlink, her lightsabers and comlink, and just about the time that she's hitting the comlink, saying, "Who is this? Who helped me? What's going on?" Commander Fox shows up, and she runs. As she's running, Anakin shows up with Commander Cody, and they uh, try to talk her down. But when she's running, she rounds a corner and sees these clones that have been cut up by a lightsaber, or what looks to be a lightsaber. And she knows that there's no turning back now. They're going to think she's committed three or four murders and not just, in, you know, lettuce. So she goes on the run, and I have to say, the skills Ahsoka shows when running from the clones are extremely impressive. I mean, this is something, it's stuff that I didn't know she could do. One, the animation is great, because when they're firing stun bolts and she's deflecting them off her lightsabers, the, the dissipation effect is mind-bogglingly good. Thank you, Clone Wars team, for getting this animation right and doing such a good job consistently over these past five seasons. But she's running and running and running and escaping from the clones, and it's awesome to watch. I watched it four or five times. I went back and just watched that chase scene. But as she's running, she ends up in the sewers and is running from clones, is running from Anakin and everything, and then she comes to the edge, this the end of the pipe, and that's about the time that Anakin catches up with her, and I kept on wanting to hear her say, Anakin, Sky Guy, I didn't do it. You know, I didn't kill her. And then Anakin just reply, I don't care. <laughs> Referencing Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford and the Fugitive. But uh, they didn't do that. She says, you know, you need to trust me. I didn't do this and I will prove it. And then she jumps out of the open pipe and onto a transport that is moving down into the depths of Coruscant. And that takes us into our next episode. Episode 519. To Catch a Jedi, which this episode is based in the lower levels, the Undercity, where Star Wars, the video game Star Wars 1313 is going to be taking place. And I love this. I love the fact that we get to see this and get a more in-depth look at what we might get to see in Star Wars 1313 if it ever comes out. But the way that they built this... Um, one, the security of the lower levels is a great concept. I mean, it's a great design. It's a great model. The moment that I saw them, I was thinking cosplay and action figures because I've recently got plugged in with the guys from the 501st, and 
they're always looking at things and, and saying, well, can we make a costume out of that? Can we? What can we do? What can we do? And I love the fact that these guys, they look so cool with the mask and the hood and the little, like, tanning glasses, goggles type of thing. It's, they're a great visual look. Mm. But the actual episode, not not about the episode, but actually in the episode, um, the the fortune cookie was never become desperate enough to trust the untrustworthy. Now, I didn't really see this in practice in the episode, because who was supposed to be untrustworthy? Are we, is this supposed to be like just Ahsoka trusting Asajj? Um, or a trusting Ventress? Was Ventress untrustworthy? Because she seemed to hold up her end of the bargain as far as I could see. Um, does this refer to Bear Sophie, who, as we got to the end of the episode, is looking to be the one, the Jedi who is involved with the bombing? But we'll. I'll cover that a little bit more later. Or is this, you know, the Galactic Republic who's put their trust in Palpatine, who is completely and utterly untrustworthy? We know because we're, you know, we break. We're we're the fourth wall. We're watching. We're from the outside looking in. We can. We know that Palpatine is Darth Sidious, and he's maniacally planning the 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 everything in the galaxy. But does that refer to it? I, I didn't really understand this fortune cookie. But Tarkin starts off by showing his disdain for the Jedi when he's talking to the Council, saying that Sokotano is wanted for the murder of four clones and um, Leta, the, the bomber. And they do a great thing whenever he's on the, uh, he's, he's on the thing. They're all like, the Jedi Council... Yoda's talking about the Jedi Council believes this and believes that, and he just shows his disdain for the Council by saying, the beliefs of the Jedi Council are irrelevant, as only Tarkin can say it. And I love Stephen Stanton for doing a spot-on Tarkin, because Tarkin's one of my favorite characters from the original trilogy. Even though we only see him in one movie, and we only see him in a few scenes, I think he's one of the best characters to come out of the original trilogy. But Ahsoka is on the run, she's in the lower levels, there's an alert, there's an APB out for her, and even through all of this, even as she's on the run, she gets into a situation where a child might be in danger, and she goes into hero mode immediately. And that, you know, to me, just proves her character, um, not her character like the character of Ahsoka Tano, but her character as in her internal moral compass is completely and utterly intact. Um, no matter how dark she might get and, and emotional and things like that, when push comes to shove, she's going to try to do the right thing no matter what. And I love that about her character. Um, one thing I was thinking about is that if, if the prequels are the story of Anakin Skywalker and the 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 original trilogy is the story of Luke, or the, the the prequels would be the fall of Anakin Skywalker, and the OT would be the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. I think that the Clone Wars is... How do I put this? I think the Clone Wars focus is more on the journey of Ahsoka Tano, from young, wet behind the, uh, the head tails... Padawan to a fully realized and fully matured 
Jedi Knight. Well, maybe not fully matured, because, I mean, she's not going to get Obi-Wan status overnight. But I think that we've seen her grow enough, and we've grown with her. You know, I know some of my friends, um, my younger friends, who were 15, 16, whenever the Clone Wars started, are now, you know, very different people than they were whenever they first started watching the Clone Wars, whenever the Clone Wars first came out. Not because of the Clone Wars, because of life. But they're very different people, and they've grown and matured, and the character of Ahsoka reflects that. And I think it's great that they've, you know, younger fans have had a character they can kind of grow up with. And as you get older, your ideas change, and your your outlook changes, and your beliefs change. And I think that Ahsoka is a good reflection of that. For the younger fans. Ahsoka's forced to work with Asajj Ventress. And Asajj Ventress's bounty hunter get up. Is freaking cool. Uh, again cosplay or. Um, <clears throat> cosplay or action figure. I don't care. One of them needs to be done. Um, and if, if you're listening. Miss Adrian Curry. Please do an Asajj Ventress. Bounty Hunter get up cosplay because wow, it's yeah. Asajj Ventress is always a sexy, has been always been a sexy character, and there's no doubt Adrian Curry is a very, very sexy woman. And I would love to see her wearing the costume just for a photo for my collection, not, not for any kind of private use. Moving on, um, we're left with some questions. Um, Ahsoka makes a deal with Asajj Ventress that she will speak on her behalf for the crimes that she's committed against the Republic, and these crimes are numerous. Uh, if you go back and watch the other seasons, you see that she's killed hundreds of clones on her own, she's sabotaged so many things, and fought Jedi left and right. So I don't think uh, the word of a Padawan learner is going to go too far towards absolving her of those crimes or giving her any kind of freedom. But for the purposes of this show, um, this episode, it's a good pathway to get them to work together. And then whenever they get cornered by clones, after Ahsoka makes a call to Beresafee and gets a, uh, a direction to go, a lead to follow up, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like a girls' night out type of thing, which... That's kind of a Clone Wars episode I've always wanted to see, was with Asajj as the villain, because before she fell out of favor with uh, Count Dooku, I wanted to see Asajj as the villain, and then like Padme and Ahsoka and Mon Mothma, because I've, I've been waiting to see Mon Mothma in the Clone Wars, but see Mon Mothma get in there and show her stuff, because I've always thought she, she looked like she had a little more steel in her spine than just a politician, or just somebody that would, you know, be a figurehead. Um, I always kind of wanted to see her in combat, but if this is the series finale of the show, we're never going to get to see that. Um, and if you listen to Rebel Force Radio, um, Jason and Jamie Mack from the, formerly of the Forcecast, if you listen to their new show and their Clone Wars Declassified, um, Go there and check it out because they give you the address of Bob Iger at Disney so that we can have a letter campaign 
going to him to continue the Clone Wars on either a Disney Channel or releasing them to Blu-ray or DVD or what have you. It would be awesome to get to see the episodes that we know they have in the can, but might not be shown due to the buyout of uh, Lucasfilm by Disney because Cartoon Network does not work for Disney, and so they are going to lose the rights to that. But the last little bit of this episode, um, who is the shadowy figure that we see attack Asajj Ventress and then go after Ahsoka? Um, visually, I believe that it looks a lot like Bar- Sophie. and if you go back and look at the little breadcrumbs that Dave Filoni and team left you, um, I think it's supposed to be directed towards Sophie because she's the one that tells Ahsoka where to go. Um, she's the only one Ahsoka trusts. And it looks like a setup, but excuse me, I apologize, I got the burps. Um, it looks like a setup, and it is, but I don't know that it's, I'm not 100% sure that it's Bear Sophie. And we'll find out on Saturday, but that was the uh, Clone Wars to Catch a Jedi, and also. The Jedi who knew too much. Um, Like I said earlier in the podcast, this is a few days out from the final episode of Season 5. And the official press release for the finale said, The shocking finale to Season 5 of Star Wars The Clone Wars has arrived, with major revelations that will leave characters changed forever. Ahsoka is wrongly accused of sedition and murder and is to be prosecuted in the high courts of the Galactic Republic by a zealous Admiral Tarkin. Seemingly abandoned, Ahsoka's last hope lies in Anakin Skywalker, who hunts the Curacao underworld for the real murderer in The Wrong Jedi. Saturday, March 2nd at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central on Cartoon Network. Now I have a couple of clips that just came down the line. From this episode coming up, so I'm going to play them for you here. And I've got a special clip afterwards that I'll talk about. Padawan Tondo, serious charges have been levied against you. How plead you? Not guilty, Master. I would never take the lives of innocents. The values of the Jedi are sacred to me. There is evidence to the contrary. You were alone with Letta Termond when she died. Can you explain this? Someone used the Force against her. Which brings us to Ventress. Can you explain your association with her? We had a mutual understanding. I thought she was helping me. Did she help you acquire the nanodroid weaponry found when you were apprehended? The same devices used in the bombing of the temple? No. I was set up and deceived, as you are being deceived now. The question is, Padwantano. Who is deceiving us, Ventress, you, or someone else? I am not deceiving you. I would assume Ventress is, but I can't be sure. My sense is clouded. Clouded by the dark side. These things are, Padawantano, dangerously clouded. But not just surrounding you, surrounding many things in these times. You've already made your decision, haven't you? This meeting is just a formality. Reach the decision we have.
Those are the two clips that were released by StarWars.com on The Wrong Jedi coming to you on Saturday. Now, at the time of the at the posting of this podcast, it'll be tomorrow that it comes out, tomorrow morning. And just what we've seen, you know, it looks like the tension in the courtroom or of the Jedi Council and also in the Galactic courtroom um, is going to be high. Uh, I've seen... From what I know, uh, Tarkin is going to be the one that's prosecuting uh, Ahsoka, and I don't know, I think it's Padme who is speaking for her defense, possibly, but uh, it looks like it's going to be a very intense courtroom type of law and order uh, battle thing. Meanwhile, in the Undercity... Anakin has taken it upon himself to go after Asajj Ventress. Now, we've seen them tangle before, and Anakin's come out on top, Asajj's come out on top, but it looks like Anakin's going to take this to a whole new level, kick it up a notch, because if you get a chance to go on YouTube and check out the uh, preview clip number two, uh, it shows Anakin going after Asajj, kind of stalking her, and then, as you heard, they have a confrontation, but Asajj is coming after him with everything she's got, and there's a point where he just catches her hand as she's throwing a punch, and then just kind of twists a little bit, and you hear Nika Futterman does a great little, uh, you know, uh, like confused grunt of pain, and I, I loved that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That is great. Because I love those little things, little audio cues and visual cues that are thrown in that kind of make it seem more realistic and not so cartoony. But a little bit of news that I heard just, you know, not even 20, 30 minutes ago as I was recording, it came over Twitter, that Tim Curry, actor known for his portrayal of Dr. Frankenfurter in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and a whole slew of awesome film roles over the past 40 years, um, one of them being uh, The Butler and Clue. Uh, which I love. I love Clue. That's one of my favorite movies. Uh, he's also in Congo and in Scary Movie 2. Or is that 3? One of the scary movies. But he's a very funny guy, a very uh, awesome actor, and for many years he's been doing voice acting. And he's got a very distinctive voice. And it's kind of known as, you know, the male Fran Drescher type of thing. He can be very annoying and nasal and all that kind of stuff. But I've got a clip here that that has him doing 
his Palpatine, and wow, it's it's great. It's great to hear, and it's very creepy um, to think about because he just he's filling in the role of the late Aber- Ian Abercrombie very well. But I've got that clip here, and I will let you all hear it. Katana, you have been charged with sedition against the Jedi Order and the Republic itself. This court will decide your fate. Prosecution, you may begin your arguments. Former Padawan Tonno, I shall prove that you were the mastermind behind the attack on the Jedi Temple. And that once your accomplices carried out your orders, you eliminated them one by one. When you are found guilty, I ask the court that the full extent of the law be brought down upon you, including penalty of death. Wow. When he starts off and he's like, Ahsoka Tano, it, it, ooh, I got chills. It, it, it sent a shiver up my spine just because it, when he gets in his creepy voice, it's, it's creepy and it's awesome to hear. And I'm so happy that he's come aboard the uh, Clone Wars. And this makes me hopeful for season six and seven and eight. You know, I'm, I was kind of hoping to get 10 seasons out of this show. If possible, but it's looking they're 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 winding down. So maybe if we get another season, season six will be the final one. And uh, I don't know if we're gonna see the final fate of Ahsoka in this arc, you know, in this episode coming up. But I guarantee you, we will see. It it will change the relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin, and her relationship with the Jedi Order. Um, very profoundly but I will cover more on that next week on next week's episode when I review the season 5 finale now it's time for the feature for this week where we take and uh, play and review the Star Wars LLC or yeah Star Wars LLC no, no the Star Wars living card game I got a chance to sit down with my buddies Andy McCormick and Charlie Norton from the 501st and since I am a noob when it comes to tabletop card games, they decided to take it upon themselves and um, play. Well, take it upon themselves after I suggested, but play the game through one round as I recorded and uh, give us a little hints and background and discussion on Star Wars gaming. So without further ado, let's move on to that. Yay! And go. Alright, so uh, we are playing the new Star Wars LCG from Fantasy Flight Games. Well, it's not new. It's been out for like six months or something like that. New to us. It's new to me because uh, I, I haven't played it up until a few weeks ago. But basically, uh, the core uh, essence of the game 
is for the dark side to win, uh, you have to get the Death Star token up to 12. For the light side to win, you have to kill three of the dark side's objectives. And you can do that how? Uh, by uh, engaging in battles and uh, you deploy characters and these characters are able to deal damage to the dark side's objectives. If you if you are uh, dark side, you're also able to kill the light side's objectives and increase the Death Star's token faster. And that would result in you winning the game. Yes. Okay. Well, without further ado, let's dive on in and we'll have uh, Charlie and Andy play us a round of Star Wars LCG from Fantasy It'll Play be games. riveting, I promise. <coughs> Breathtaking. Breathtaking, wow. even. That's breathtaking for you. <laughs> All right, so this, the sideways, sideways yep. cards, those are objectives. All right, these are what I need to nuke. Basic, basically, your your objective is to kill three of my objectives. And your objective is to kill three of mine. And my objective is to get the Death Star to 12. Okay. There's a few different ways I can do that. Uh, the Death Star advances every turn. It advances one every time I kill one of your objectives. Nice. Plus one for every every other objective I've killed. You already explained this on the way you boy. How do you okay. kill other objectives if there's only... Like, if I kill... Say I kill one of your objectives, it goes up yeah. by one. If I kill a second objective, it goes up by two more. Total three. Okay. So if I kill a third one, it'll go up by... Six. Three. Three more, so six total. Right, six total. And then there, there's other card effects that let me um, up the Death Star total. Ah, my back popped. <coughs> so, six uh, basic types of cards. Uh, basic types of cards are your units. Your people, which are people, or starships, or vehicles, mm. or units. Yeah. Units. He units. Uh, events are kind. Uh, let's see. What have you played that I've played? Is this the first one with Crichton? Yes. Oh. It is the one called Crichton. Um. So there's like, and if it's a card game, I've probably played it. Right. Well, okay. I'm most familiar with the original Star Wars card game. I did not play that one. I had it, but I had no one to play it with. Star Trek. Play that one. Uh, how about Yu Yu Hakusho, Yu Gi Oh, Magic, Naruto? Uh, I played other types of card games. It's like kind of fun. like I've played like eight different card games, but most of them I have played with with you. Uh, events are kind of like. Uh, let's see, Sentinels. There's interrupts in Sentinels, right? Uh, no. That sort of interrupt play. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is a, a counter in Magic. Okay, yeah. Here, here's, some, here, here's some different event cards for you to take Target up to two attacking vehicle units. Those gain a star until the end of your engagement. So you're boosting your... Alright, this, bo- this, this boosts your, your... This down something. 
The, this is this a focus token. Is that what that means? Th this boosts your your attackers. Your attackers. This um, takes focus tokens off of your units. Now, what's a focus token? Is it focus tokens? Ba uh, focus tokens basically mean that if you want to if you want to have him attack mm -hmm. in a fight, you would focus him. And yeah. he can't be used again until your focus now, tokens are taken. Now, just off. mean he can use he only one time or what? Because there's like eight focus tokens there. That that means that he can focus other. Play people. only during your turn. Destroy a target objective. Okay. So you can focus others. Yeah, he can focus other people. <laughs> Played this before? No. Or do you see it played over at Gen Con or nope. at Gen Con or something? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying you might have could have that I'm awful at teaching people things. All right. What are our other types of cards? Actually, here. Let's go over. Let's go over the phases. That's a good place to start. Is this how it goes every turn? Yeah. All right. So balance phase. Uh, this is uh, whoever controls the. Uh, your you can commit ca uh, characters to the force, and whenever you do that, you look at the number of icon these force icons on a character. So say I committed target of the force, I would put I would put this this character this this card underneath them. That would commit target of the force. Is there anything? Unit is committed to light side of the force if ready to shoot. Hey. Okay. The central garrison just started following me on Twitter. Good yeah. Awesome. I don't know any of those guys. That's cool. You know Chad? Hmm? Yeah, it's Central. Yeah, Darth Maul. Central. Central of oh. Illinois, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Should be Central. I think so. Really? That's Midwest, okay. I think, straight up. Okay. I always usually get Midwest and Central flip flopped, but I think I got it straight now. Okay. Okay. So, uh, whenever you commit a character to the Force, you that basically says he commits those icons, and whoever has more icons is uh, this is basically the light side uh, of the force, and this is the dark side. If the light side has control of the force, he's able to do one damage to your opponent's objective every turn during the balance phase. <laughs> okay, I'll act like I know what that means. <laughs> if you're the dark side. You turn the Death Star. You one. turn the Death Star plus one during the balance phase. So uh, the Death Star always moves during the Dark Side's turn, but if he has control over the Force, it moves two clicks during his turn instead of one. Refresh refresh phase is you. Uh, Refresh phase, basically you untap people. Um, so you you would take uh, these, you take the tokens off of people or any of your objectives. Your objectives are also how you deploy things. 
Um, okay. So you start. You have three objectives on your side. So say I wanted to pay for Tarkin, I would have to. Ex I'd have to exhaust two objectives. Now where are you seeing that at? For the resources. But the bottom. This, this number right here. No, the spark. Where are you oh, seeing wait, that actually, at on that card? I'd have to get three. This is this. The upper left-hand corner is the value you have to pay for stuff. Okay. So I'd have to exhaust three objectives to pay for them. Uh, so one, two, three. To pay for Tarkin, he's three. But he also he also generates one resource. So if I had a one if I So that's telling you how much they generate. Right. So say I wanted to pay for uh, Death from Above. I'd be I would be able to exhaust Tarkin one or to pay for this and to be able to play it. Okay. Uh, so during the during the refresh phase is when you're, when you take all the tokens off of all your cards. Okay. You're able to take one off per card per refresh phase because there's some cards that have more than one resource. This guy's worth two resource, so you could potentially exhaust it twice for two resource, but it would take two turns before you could use it again. Okay. Uh, the so the first three is just set up of each turn. Race basically, yeah. Draw phase, you can uh, draw phase. You can discard a card and then drop to your Reserve value, which is usually six. There's stuff. Discard that, a card to draw six. No, or you, can, you have six total. You have six total as your reserve value. Your, your hand size. So I can discard my entire hand and. No, you just discard. No. You can discard one and draw up to six. Like if there's, or there's other ways to get rid of cards. But basically, during your draw phase, you will end your draw phase at six cards. Okay. And then you can deploy by. Exhausting your objectives or other characters with resources to pay for cards. So, say I wanted to blow up an objective with a super laser, I'll go one, two, three, four to pay for the super laser, and that would destroy one of your objectives. Deployments just playing. Deployments, your your conflicts attacking. Yeah, conflicts attacking. Force force is whenever you commit characters to the force. So I would commit Tarkin to the force. Now, what if he's already focused? Does he get to go to the force or not? Yes. Uh, you you can commit a character to the force no matter what. Do they, can you commit vehicles or is it just people? Uh, it's uh, any units. <coughs> so you can vehicles also. Yes, that makes no sense. They're not living. I, I know, but any sense. any units can be committed to the force. So does that mean that Tarkin could block a snow speeder if he wanted to? Yes. That's problems bad. You, there, I will tell you this right now. You will have problems with other aspects of this game. I I personally have found ways to get around it because some of the situations you get into in this game are so hilarious. Like a rancor taking out home one. Taking out what? Home one. Really? Yeah. What the 
Yeah. There, 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 are, there are some things in this game that don't make sense, but, but I am able to get around it by thinking how absolutely hilarious the situation is. Like a Rancor taking out home one. No, it's Chewbacca taking out a moon. Okay. I, well, I'm fine with that Don't one. you mean a moon taking out Chewbacca? Nope, nope. Chewbacca took out the moon. What you think that? He took out a moon. That's when I quit reading the books, by the way. When they killed Chewie? Yeah. That's when I restarted reading the books. Really? Vector Prime. Yeah. Well, no. What sold me on uh, Vector Prime was the book trailer that actually had Mark Hamill speaking as Luke. Huh. And I was just sitting there going like, uh, yeah, it's got to be good if Mark Hamill came back and voiced Luke. Or they paid him a shit ton of money for it. I like well, the, yeah, but I, I like was like the 13, so I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. I was just all like, uh, yeah, this is cool. Alright, what do we do? Let's get going. Yeah, I was going to say, the best way to learn... I'll figure it out as we go. The best way to learn is to play. Get your glass, I'll give you some of that. Hmm? You want some of that or not? Oh, sure. You got your glass up there and I'll pour you out some. <clears throat> I was just going out to the outer rim in my head. It happens. How many do I draw? Start with six. Six. That is not the same Crichton that plays him later on. Did he just get flipped out now? Okay, you, uh, already been you draw four and pick three. How am I going to know if they're good or not? Um, Riam and I can let you know. We'll do this this first game face up. Yeah, they have a little hometown commercials. No, I'll I'll figure it out. Okay, so I want to play these two. This sounds fun. Oh, that sounds even more fun. Oh, but I like both of these. You can play two of the same one if you're having problems. No. I'm playing these two. I just don't know if I want to, when you destroy some of my shit, the Death Star goes down. That, yes. Or if I want to be able to play more cards quicker. Death Star going down is good. But I can play more cards quicker with the other one. Also, keep in mind uh, your resource value. Mm -hmm. When you play a vehicle unit, discard X cards from your hand to reduce its cost by X. See, I can play stuff quicker. Wait, do you... Is it game over if you run out of cards? Yes. That might not be a good thing, then. Before we get too much into this, can you guys just uh, you know, tell us who you are and what you're playing? No, fuck All you. All that. It's for podcast, Andy. Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Andy McCormick. I'm part of the 501st. I've, I've been on this podcast podcast before, correct? You're like my semi-regular co-host. Oh, wow. That's sad. <laughs> uh, I'm Charlie Norton. I'm also part of the 501st from Garrison 66. Whoop, whoop. Garrison yeah. 66 represents. Used to be CO of the 70th, but we've got our own Garrison now, so... 
We were playing the Star Wars living card game. Uh, we, yeah, we were playing the Star Wars LCG uh, by Fantasy Flight Games. Fresh out the box. Fresh out the box. Now, for anybody that uh, has listened to this podcast for more than ever, um, you know that I am not knowledgeable about things such as this. So I brought in two guys that are actually smarter than me, which isn't hard, but, you know, they're smarter than me in card games. So they have a chance to sit here and play it for the first time. You guys are listening to the test run of this game. So luckily for you, you don't get to hear a lot of me. Except for some color commentary every now and again. I'm the Howard Cosell of this matchup of titans on a card game known as the Star Wars LCG. LCG. Now, once this gets destroyed, do I replace it? Yes. So where does the one go that I don't choose? Back on top? It it goes underneath your objective deck. So it'll go back (sighs) on the bottom. Try that one. That seems fun. Okay, so we've got draw fire, mobilize the squadrons, and defensive yavin four. Okay. So uh, what my objectives do? Basically, I can decrease my reserve value, which is decrease my hand size by one, and damage one of your units, which is which is pretty good. Sounds like a bunch of bull. Yeah, it's, that sounds like it's pretty good. Uh, Imperial command basically just gives me two resource reconnaissance. Reconnaissance mission. Uh, I can re- increase my reserve value by one. So basically, this in conjunction each other out. Yeah, they kind of cancel each other out, which is awesome. So that's what my objectives do. If I were you, I would probably go after defensive protocol first. Now, is this health on the bottom? Yes. Uh, the the uh, bottom left hand corner is how how much damage each objective can take, and really that's and up and then apart from the resource value, what? that's really all you need to know. What's that? What? I can't show you. It's a secret. This is a. Oh, texting during the card game. I don't understand this. What? What's a fate card do? Oh, I... I didn't explain that one. Wow, I didn't go over one of the most important rules of, of like, parts of the game. See, this is what he does when this he plays games. I, this is what he I... He forgets to tell you parts of the rules, I'm bad so he at, wins. I'm, I'm bad at teaching things. I apologize. You know this. You should be used I to I know. It. That's why I almost made the crack. Is there anything, any rule that you're not telling me right now that's going to enable I you to may, win later I on? I may have glossed over a very important part of the game. May have. May have. Okay. So, uh, say we have units out and you are going to attack me. Okay. There, There is what is called the... The artwork's actually pretty good for this card game. You know, oddly enough, the artwork is one of the things that sold me on the game. But there's actually some uh, Ralph McQuarrie yeah, artwork in this. Uh, like, like, this is Ralph McQuarrie. Here's one here. I think that's McQuarrie. one. McQuarrie. 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 Uh, I McQuarrie. I'm drunk, Harrison. Already? He did pound, like, four beers at Mother's. I have, like, four beers at Mother's. Own. And one of our, like... Eight Uber beers. Uber beers. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. 
Yeah. Um, Come on, Ella, three. Oh, that's a good pass to Cookie. Oh, Cookie missed! Alright. Okay. So there's these things called the edge battle. Uh-huh. If you look at your cards in your hand... Okay. Um, I can see his hand. Yeah, well, put your hand out, too. No, you can just look at my hand. That's fine. Um, uh, on the units, there are black icons and white icons. Okay. Black icons, you're able to execute no matter what. Okay. The white icons you can only ex- execute if you win the fate battle. What's fate battle? Fate, oh wait, what we're gonna do? I'm I'm get I'm getting to that. <coughs> fate battle. You see the force icons on oh. the edge of all the cards. Yep. Basically, you secretly uh, lot cards from your hand upside down. So I would go for I w- I would put one down and then you would put one down, and then. Uh, once we both pass, we reveal our fate cards, and we add up the force icons. Okay. Whoever has the most for- force icons win- wins the fate battle. And gets to go first. And they're ab- not only are they able to go first, they're also able to use all the white icons on their unit cards. Okay. So in this in this case, I would be able to do two damage to your objective. Oh, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you didn't have anybody defending, mm-hmm. there's also breakthrough damage, so I'd be able to do three. But if you defended, I would only be able to do two. There, there's also now what's an engagement? Just like I'm attacking. Yes. Also, there's icons that let me damage your characters. Okay, so blasters are characters. Blasters. Explosions are locations. Are locations. And then there's these little guys that exhaust your characters. Your, the opposing characters? The opposing characters. Okay. So say I won the fate battle, and I wanted him to act first. Mm-hmm. I would exhaust him to exhaust one of your characters. Okay. That would That would... Uh, and you're basically more or less deploying these for free. Yeah. Okay. They would make it to where he would not be able to act. Mm-hmm. So, so that has say, no cause. So say you had, uh, say you had like Luke out there or something. Okay. And you would I, just make him tired for the turn. Exactly. You, I would make him tired, <coughs> and I would focus him. And white's only if you win. Black is no matter what. Yes, black is no matter what. Okay. So. If I won the fate battle, I would be able to do one damage to your objective. No matter what. No matter what. Then and if let, you win an additional one. Yes. Unless you're able to de- destroy him somehow or another. If if, if you okay. occur enough damage to destroy a card, he is destroyed immediately and can't do anything else. And bottom left is the red, the red numbers are health, right? Yes. Okay. All right. I think I got enough of it. That that that's a fair amount enough to be able to actually. Okay, so we would put one face down to begin with. Well, I go first. Dark, Dark side uh, goes first. We don't each put an edge battle down. No, that that's oh, that, that that's during conflicts. What? Here, hold on a second. I'll get. You. Oh, I have. Do 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 do. Well, you, you have you have the uh, phase sequence on your card. Uh huh. On your card. 
So you don't do the fate battles at the beginning of the turn? No, that's only during the conflict phase. So during conflict, we each would put one face down. So it's like your ace in the hole, basically. Well, like, uh, whoever's whoever is attacking puts one down, then whoever's defending puts one down. Okay. And we alternate back and forth okay. until both of us pass. And whoever wins has the edge in the battle. And, uh, and So you can put multiples down? Yes. And is able to use the white icons on their cards. Okay. So and basically, you don't want to really deploy anything. You just want to put it all down in the fate battle. If you didn't deploy anything, I would have a free run at your objectives, and you wouldn't be able to... So you, you deploy one just to stop the free run, and then put the rest for the... I, I can also... I, you're also able to break up your attacks between characters. Like, say I had three characters out. If I wanted to, I could attack three times. But usually that's not a, good, a great idea. But if I did, if you didn't have any characters out, that may be something that might be a good idea. I can only attack each objective once. I can't attack... I can't do two attacks to the same objective during the same turn. It's one of those things, like, once we start playing... This was making sense until you tried to explain the twist of fate. Thing. I'm, uh, the, the, whole, the whole fate thing, it, it basically just lets you... Uh, it, it lets you know who's able to attack first in a battle. Like, in the battle, and whether or not you're able to use all the icons on your cards. Alright. There's a pause of play as the players shuffle their decks. I wish I was better at explaining things. I apologize. That would help. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounded painful. Okay. I so, don't know how to play that, so I'll figure that out. Dark Side always goes first. Yay. Because they're always sort of on the defensive. <clears throat> so, potentially I have a total of four yep. re resources. So I could deploy up to four, four resources. I'll play a control room, which is an enhancement, which is basically kind of a location. And that gives me... Let's me exhaust this guy for two. You exhaust you exhaust your objectives whenever you mm -hmm. use your production. So I exhaust two to put him out. That's only one. That's two. Two. I thought you said you had to put two tokens on there. Oh. What cards are you playing? Hmm? Guys, this is an audio It's clip, an audio yeah, so. clip. Alright, so I'm exhausting Imperial Command twice for two resources to play the control room, which costs two. Which does what? This is just a location or what? It's a, it's a location. Basically, it, it enhances your play area, and, and, I'm, and that in turn gives me an additional two resources. Okay. Gonna watch him. He likes to cheat. Mm. Cheating and 
you be quiet. If you gotta read it, it keeps you honest. I, I'm new to this game too, so you be quiet. Oh yeah, the blind leading the blind. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Woo! Okay. And so I, if you guys are blind, then that makes me Helen Keller. I'm sorry. I'm just, are, you, are you deaf? No, I mean like I've got multiple things going on over here because I have no friggin' idea. Fair enough. Okay, so I will exhaust a uh, reconnaissance mission, which is one of my other objectives for one, to pay for this lonely little TIE fighter out here. It's the lonely TIE fighter. I will also... Exhaust defense patrol for one to play a Death Star Trooper. Okay. So I have a TIE Fighter and a Death Star Trooper out right now. Okay. Uh, I have two more resources available to me, but I don't really have anything else I can play in my hand. Mm -hmm. So we'll go on... um, to the conflict phase, the Imperial, the dark side skips their conflict phase in the first turn. Okay. So it's not simultaneous? No. Uh, uh, I thought it was simultaneous yeah. going off. Okay. Starts on the light side. Okay, so at this point, there I, I could enter the force phase and commit either of those guys to the force to try and flip this over to my side. So that the Death Star moves up an extra one. Does it start turn. on zero? It starts on zero, but at the beginning of the balance phase, it moves up to one. So right now, the Death Star is at one. <coughs> so what you're saying is the Rebels are basically getting hosed the entire time. So I'm not going to commit any of my guys to the Force. So that's the end of my that's that's the end of my turn. Okay. So <clears throat> at the beginning of your turn. This balance phase. Okay. So you look at the force, uh-huh. and you control the force at this moment. So you're able to put one damage icon on any of my objectives. Just objectives, not units? Yeah, any of my objectives. Oh, I don't like you having that one. After you draw phase, reduce reserve by one. Damage one target unit. Yeah, I don't like that idea. Alright, that one lets me do direct damage. Uh, next is your refresh phase. You don't have any focus tokens on any of your stuff. Next is your draw phase. You're able to discard one card if you wish. What would I do? I mean, I've got six, so what would be the point in that? Well, you can discard one and draw up to six. So if there's a card in there you don't feel is... So you can have more than six in your hand? No. Six total, but you, you can discard one card if you like out of your hand and draw up to six. So if there if there's a card in there you feel isn't all that fantastic, you can discard it. Maybe it's just not that fantastic yet. Yes. Okay. Let's say let's screw that one. Deployment. So if I'm reading this right, I should play Mon Mothma. Okay. So So I would cost me three. That would cost you three. So let's do this smirt. So you would do that. So Yes. Also, your objective card counts as... as oh, as one? Yeah. Well, psh, okay. So, actually... Now I've got three more. Three, four, five left still if I really wanted to. Here, Here's kind of the, the shitty thing. Once a card is uh, exhausted, you can't put any more tokens on it. 
would be nice to know, Andy. God, I'm me <clears throat> now. Now you can change. So, if I were you, I would do. I'd do it like that. That would give you an extra two to work with if you want. Or you could do it like that, but the drawback to that is that you wouldn't be able have to, to wait two turns. You'd have to wait two turns to use it. And then if it's exhausted, does it matter what the effect on the card or not? No. You're still able to use the effect. Okay, so I have four total left if I wanted to put it. Two. She's worth two. Oh, yeah, she is worth two. She's that worth I apologize. Two, so yeah, she's got... Four, right? Yeah, my Mothma is pretty awesome. <clears throat> okay, so another two. So you could either exhaust him twice no, or one and one. No, she can't attack that way, can't she? Mm-hmm. But she's not that fantastic. When this unit is participating in an engagement, add one force icon to your side during edge battles. Which is pretty good. But uh, she has to participate, uh, participate in attack, so you would have... Yeah, I'd have to attack with her. Yeah, so you would have to... Just fine. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure I probably want to attack. Yeah. So, Battlefield Engineers... This reaction. After this unit has declared an attack, remove one focus token from a target enhancement you control, which I don't have any you right now. You don't have any right now, yeah. Okay, so now what do I do? Uh, let's see, you just deployed, so now you go to conflict. So, if you wanted to, you could target one of my objectives. Now, do I not do a twist of fate battle? Not quite uh, yet. Okay. Not quite yet. Right now, you <laughs> would target one of my objectives to go after, to okay. try and do more damage to it. Well, obviously, I want to go after you want to do the, the defense protocol. Defense protocol. I should probably send Mon Mothma at this point. I would assume. Now, wait. When do we do edge battles? Uh, once, once you declare who who's attacking, and I declare who is defending. Okay, so Mon Mothma can attack. If I were you, I would send your battlefield engineer and keep Mon Mothma back. Why? Because she is able to produce. But you have to do two damage to her to kill her. Right. But actually, in the, in this instance, I'm not able to. I'm not able to kill her right now. You're, I'm not able to kill it. Well, actually, I could because I double I have, block. I I have I have one and one. The blasters deal out damage, so I could I nope. could, if I win the edge battle. Yeah. I could potentially do two damage. You could, and this lets me do what. Take something off if I win the edge battle. If you win the edge battle, you're able to exhaust one of my characters. Oh, one of yours. Okay. Yeah. So uh, <coughs> if you I'd exhaust it, the guy that could do something automatically. Yeah. You you would probably want to do the well. Yeah, you would want to do that because then I wouldn't be able to do you anything, able to do your and part. he's just he, and the tie fighter's just sort of sitting so there. Not I win the edge battle. Exactly. Right. So Mothma's going. Alright, so you're attacking my Mothma. Yep. Now do we do an edge battle? Alright, so you're attacking my Mothma. Mm-hmm. I will defend with... Oh, what the hell? I'll defend with both. You defend with multiples? Mm-hmm. You can attack with multiples. You, you can attack with multiples well, as well. where you could defend with multiples. Yeah. You can, you can attack see? with... See? We're, we're both... We're, we're learning... Uh, yeah, you can attack with as many units as you want. I can defend with as many units so as I So I should want. send them both at the same time. However, so do. however, 
both of them will be exhausted at the end of the battle. But it will then be my turn and I can I can deploy new characters and attack and you won't be able to defend with them because they're mm -hmm. exhausted. So they're exhausted. But we do an edge battle before anything happens, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll we'll do it this way. Why not? We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, so there, there, you know, you, you look at you look at the icons on the cards. Mm-hmm. That's how many they're worth. And that's how many they're worth. <coughs> so you're you're initiating the battle, so you get to lay face down first. I will also do one, and you can do an you can do a, a second one if you want. Nah, sure, why not? We'll do. I'll pass. One. Okay. So now I flip over the first no, one. No, no, we flip them all over. Leia and Secret Informant. Alright, so you obviously won the edge battle. Okay. Because you this have Mon Mothma four to my two. One. Well, I have five. One, two, three, four. No, she doesn't five. count. It, it's just... It says, while this unit is participating in an engagement, add one force icon to your side during the edge battles. Oh. Okay, So yeah. I have a five. So four... Five. So yeah, sorry, I forgot about her, her text. Which is why I sent her. Yeah. <laughs> so I get that extra one, make sure I win. Okay. Uh, if you're the attack... Oh, well, it doesn't do anything. Nope. Because I'm not the attack. Okay, player. so... So you won the edge battle, so okay. you're able to use this. You also won the edge battle, so you're able to act first. Okay. So you would exhaust Mon Mothma... You you put a token on her, and then I get to put a token and then, on. S and then when do all the different icons go off here? These only participate in your edge battles. These get dis these get discarded. Oh, I asked earlier if they got deployed or if they got discarded, and you told me they were deployed. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I did. That's wanna, why I didn't play Leia. Do you want to redo it? I would kind of need to because I wouldn't. I would play those two okay. instead of just. You can redo it if you. We can redo the edge battle if you want. Edge battles sort of. A, a well, I mean, I didn't. I would have deployed stuff completely different at that okay. point. Yeah, if 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 you're if you use a card from an edge battle, they get it gets discarded. So when would this go off then? No matter what, because it's that that goes off no matter what. But if I win the edge battle, I have the potential to act first. And, and maybe kill him. kill him. Yep. So I played three from Mothna. Now who do I want? Now I'd have to play somebody else. Leia. Okay. Leia's pretty good. Leia's one of the better cards for Because I thought they got to get deployed. That's why I was no, like, they I'm get deployed? Sorry about that. No. Okay. If they participate in that battle, they get discarded. And then I would have had to done this, right? Yeah, I would have needed to do this for Mothma, that for Leia. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then you have one. She's worth oh, two. Yep, two. To play her. Yep. Okay. Now that makes a little more sense. Here we go. So now Leia's on the field, secret informant. Oh my crap's tapped out. Yep. And Mothma Mom, can't do anything. And Mothma can't do anything. But Leia, she is one of the better. 
She's actually really good. If you if you have fake cards. While this junior is participating in an engagement, you may resolve the effects of each fake card in your Ed Stack a an additional time. This is what fake cards look like. You may not have it. You probably you may yeah the sideways ones. Okay, so now I would attack with somebody. Yes. Um. You probably want to attack with. Unless you at least play remove all force tokens from all cards. Oh, oh so she gets destroyed. I clean house. Mm-hmm. This unit leads to play. It is captured by your opponent at any dark side objective of his choice. So she gets captured and she'll go on one of my objectives. So if I destroy it, do I get her back? Mm -hmm. Okay. She goes so back to your hand. This will go here. It makes sense to attack with these two. Mm -hmm. I don't think the girls have to worry about going state unless they have some major comeback. What's the score? 53-46. Uh, I keep turning the ball over. That's close-ish. Yeah. Okay, so now we would do Fate Battle, right? Yep, now we do Fate So, you're attacking, so you go first. You would lay first. Now, what if you have no cards to discard? Are you just screwed? Or do you just automatically draw the six? During your draw phase? Yep. You would automatically drop to six. Okay. I'm not quite sure how that would work. You get through your deck pretty quick in this game. Okay, let's do that. And then I'll stack that there as well. Okay, I won't I won't do anything else. Okay. So I got a repair droid. Everything gets revealed at once. Let's cancel this edge battle and the card effects of all other fake cards just revealed. Okay. So basically, everything is everything is discarded. And then how does that work with her? Because I can activate it a second time. That In this case, it doesn't really doesn't do anything. doesn't do much? Okay. So that, that's what I figured, but... Yeah, so everything is discarded and a new fate battle. Okay. And we do a new fate battle. Um... Can I pass and then yes. see if you play something? If we both pass, you would have the edge because you initiated. So if I pass, you play something, do I get a chance to respond? Mm -hmm. So I'll pass this first time. I'm actually going to pass too. Okay. So you have the edge in this battle. Okay. So you're able to act first and you're able to use all your white icons. Do I use the blacks right now as well? You can't. Uh, the blacks just means that you're able to do it no matter what. So when do they activate? Uh, whenever you exhaust one of your whenever strike. Uh, that's that's right. It's called striking. Whenever you put a uh, put a token on one of your characters. So if you wanted to strike with her, you would do one damage to either of these two, mm -hmm. and you would also do a damage to whichever to this objective. So I should strike with her, kill him. Mm -hmm. That way he doesn't end up with my people. That way he can't do and anything. And do a damage to that. And do a damage to that. And then I and then I, and then I can't do anything because I didn't win the edge battle. Okay, now Leia, I would get to strike with her if I wanted to, right? Yes. 
But I, uh, you, you, you have I already, to. I already attacked with her, so I have to strike. So you so would. So this would go and kill that. So you would kill him. Then I would injure. And then you would do another damage to my objective. Your objective, and then also and, not do anything else. Uh, I don't have any more characters, or else you. you so that's would, just or characters else, that I get. Or to you would be focus. A, well unit. If I had another unit out, you'd be able what to. What about that thing? It's uh, enhancement. Okay. Um, so, all right. So that's it for damage. Okay. I you're you are not opposed right now. So you do another, another damage, ex- an, an extra damage to my objective. Okay. So that was conflict. So that's conflict. If you would force. like, you could you could commit one of your characters to the force. Basically, what that does, whenever they strike, whenever one of your characters strike, mm-hmm. you get uh, two of these on your character as opposed to one, and it would take an additional turn to to take. Uh, but just when I strike with them, yes. So since she's probably not going to be striking, it'd be smart to put them on Mothma. Yep, that's pretty. Yep, that's a good idea. So. At this point, I don't have anybody committed to the force. Mm-hmm. You have two force icons. That, that I get stay. to damage something, right? It, it, sta- it, it stays on your okay, side. It stays light side. Okay. It stays light side. So then I'm done. So, so, so you're done. So it's my turn. <coughs> would you like to unwrap it? Yes, I would. Have at it, buddy. Need a knife. You pull out a knife. It's a cheap dollar Walmart one. I've got a better one down the hall. Okay, so at the beginning of my balance phase, the force isn't with me, so nothing happens. Nothing happens, but Death Star still goes but up. But the Death Star still goes up. If it was on my side, I'd be able to move it up an extra one. Okay. So Death Star moves up to two. Alright, so that's balance phase. Refresh. I will take... So right now you would be trying to do everything to protect this yes. one spot that's getting ready to get knocked out. And unfortunately, since I since I <clears throat> used since this is still exhausted, I can't use this until next turn. Yep. So you've got four total to deploy off. Five. One, two, three, four. Yeah, five. Five. Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, two, three. Or Do you not have to discard? No, you don't have to if you don't want You to. just automatically draw up the six? Mm-hmm. Oh. At, I, um, trying to think. Reaction. After your draw phase begins. I, I could reduce my reserve value, which is right now six. I could reduce it to five to where my hand value is five. Mm-hmm. And deal damage to one of your characters. Yep. So I would obviously not want to do that to Leia. Because she'd just come right back. Whenever she removes play, remove all focus tokens from your card. Please, cards. please do it to Leia. I'm obviously not going to do it <laughs> do to it Leia. Do it to Leia. I would like to be able to do stuff now. Uh, so I'm going to reduce. I'm going to reduce my value to five, and do a damage to her. Okay, which kills her. So she's so dead. no more secret informant. Yeah. So she goes. In that pile there. Now, is there something that lets me get stuff out of the trash? Uh, there, there are some cards that let you do that. <coughs> yes. 
so that's it for my draw phase. Now I'll go on to deployment. I will. Now, is my whole objective try to destroy those three before the Death Star hits 12? Yes. <coughs> so, three. I will go. That's my lucky R2. One, two, you wish three. You had the size and girth of R2. <laughs> three to deploy my ATST. Okay. Reaction after this unit enters play, draw one card. Okay. <coughs> I haven't seen a lot of Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf's amazing. If you're listening to this and never seen Red Dwarf, I highly suggest it. Okay. So. That's it for my deployment phase. I'll go into conflict, okay. and I will attack with my ATSC. I have no one I can defend with, obviously. Um, I will... So you get to do two damage to something, right? <coughs> All right, that doesn't... I will... What's this guy do? Uh, after you refresh, remove one focus token from the target objective or enhancement you control. I'm actually going to go after that one. So two, so, two damage. Uh, so he's... So, you're not able to defend with anything. Mm -hmm. So, I will exhaust him for one yeah. on the objective. He's unopposed, so, unopposed he does, so he doesn't... So, he does takes another one. So, that's it for that. Okay. Um, there's really no reason for me to commit him to the force, because... Mamothma supplies two, and, he's two, and, and if there's a, if there's a tie, nothing happens. Like it stays as it is. Yep. So it's your turn. Okay, so balance, do a damage. So you do damage. Let's take out so, whatever that was. So that takes out this objective. Yay! I got an objective. Okay, and then I would refresh, which is one off of everything, right? One off everything. And after refresh, I get to remove one focus token from target objective or enhancement. So let's go ahead and take it off of that again. Yep. Uh, draw, I draw up to six, so five. Five. Now, what are events? When do I play them? During conflict? Uh, events, you can play pretty much whenever. Okay. Pretty much, or I can. There's <laughs> event windows. Like, there's... You're the you're the active player, so you, so you have kind of the initiative whenever it comes to playing okay. cards. Hmm. There, there's a... A nice little timing structure map. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm reading that. Uh, but event. Yeah. Let's see if event. Events you can play pretty much whenever. They're kind of like interrupts or interrupt or reaction effect may initiate during trademark. Or less. Oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. It's kind of a situational thing. Okay. 
How many cards you got in your hand? I have a lot. Three, four, I have five. Oh, I could be a turd. Oh, I did that so bad. Oh well. So right now, I don't, I don't have anything I can defend with. So I'm pretty, I can mu- get I'm pretty much wide open. Right two now. strikes. Well, I'm seeing how I want to do this now. Can I put more focus tokens than one on something? No, because he's already focused. Have an objective. So right now, I just kind of need to swarm the battlefields. What you're telling me? Pretty much, yeah. My Mothma can't have anything on it. So let's do this. Put her in the back. She can't do anything. Put two. Yep. Right there. <clears throat> and. I want to do that. That thing's got three damage, right? Hmm? Yeah, the, the ATST? Yeah. Yeah. And then we will... Two on this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now... That's it for deployment. So I put out the fleet officer, the battlefield engineers. Yep. So now I go to conflict. Yes. So I would, we attack first, then do the fate, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you assign your attackers. We'll go after... You don't necessarily have to put you put out your engineer. But what if I want Be, to? If you, There's really no reason to. Yes, there is. Oh, because, wait, enhancement. No, there's not. Because he doesn't have a blast icon. So he's not able to add... But I can take out your ATST. I can't defend with him. Does it matter? Because I get to do one damage to a unit you control. He's not in, He's not going to be in the battle, though. So it has to be somebody in the battle? It has to be in the battle. Oh, uh, see, I didn't know that. Okay. So we'll do that, then. I'll okay. send the Leia and the fleet officer. Okay. So... Uh, we'll we, go after the one that's worth the two. So we could do an edge battle if you want. You already have the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can't, I can't defend... But y- you can still play edge cards if you wish. I want to play one. Okay. So I'm obviously not going to play anything because I can't. So, so if you're the attacking player, deal one target to engaged objective, yep. which was the one that was worth two. So I won. This gets discarded. Yep. So and now I strike. So people. both of them will get exhausted. And then he would deal one to a character, one to an objective. Uh-huh. Leia would deal one, the one to character, one, one to objective. And then if I had and another he, character out, he, he she'd be able to exhaust a character. Mm-hmm. And since uh, <coughs> it's unopposed, you get an extra one. Okay. So you got four on that objective. Okay. Then I could commit to the force, but... If you want, you could commit late in the forest, but right now, you're still... I have the edge anyway, so... Mm-hmm. If I do that, though, that would force you to maybe start committing people to the force. Now, what happens if you kill someone that's committed to the force? Do I get any sort of negatives? No. She, they die, and that, and this card goes back to your pool. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and commit Leia. Okay. Just because. Okay. Here go. The only downfall about committing people to the force is that they get two, two focus tokens. Focus tokens whenever they strike. No, I'm okay with that. Okay. Yes, sir. 
Is that good? I think that was one of Keith's. I don't remember. All right. All right, my turn? Yep. Okay. So, uh, balance phase, uh, you still, still have that, so Duster only goes up by one. Uh, refresh, so we'll get rid of these tokens. And I'll get a new objective. So refresh is done, draw phase. <coughs> I will discard a human repl replica droid and draw up to six. One, uh, so you're drawing what, two? <laughs> Try and decide if that's worth it or not. Yeah, actually I will. Uh, oh wait, no, I don't have you that. Don't have it out I don't anymore. have that guilt about it anymore. Yeah, see this? The one I killed? Yep. No extra damage for you. I was going to try and take out Leia, but you already... Nope. Do you really want to take out you Leia? You screwed me on that. I'm good at screwing people over like that. Try it. Do the fancy dance. Uh, I will not discard anything. I'll drop to six. Jerry discarded 184. Oh, I did. <laughs> There we go, trying to cheat. cheat trying to cheat again. me again? Alright, so I got six. Uh, move on to my deployment phase. Yeah, deploy! I will deploy Grandma of Tarkin. Oh, Grandma of Tarkin. Is he a turd? He looks like he a turd. Is, he is kind of a turd. Uh, elite. Basically, uh, basically, what elite means. Is that if I were to, uh, if I had, he, he discards two focus tokens during the refresh phase. Move one additional one. focus token from this unit when you refresh it. How can you have more than one focus token? Uh, whenever you commit a character to the force. Ah, uh, okay. I she would you. have two as so he can just one, keep going every. So time. he keeps going. Either. What's the other part of it? Uh, Enemy objectives require one, one fewer, fewer damage, damage to destroy. destroy. He's okay. pretty good. I've won, like I've, too bad. I've won a few different games with him. Well, he sounds like a jerkwad. He is kind of a jerkwad. <coughs> so I'll go two, three. To put out target. These are objectives, right? Yes. Oh, I'm retarded. I'll put orbital bombardment out, which enhance your play area. Each of your units you control gains a blast icon. So he would Wait, what now? Uh, basically, he would uh, gain an extra one of these. So he would do an extra damage to any of your objectives. I need to see what this is. Enhancement operation enhance your player. Each unit you control gains one blast to an area. Okay. It's one blast icon. Well, it's four, so I go <coughs> two, two, three, four. Okay. Should that have two on it also for Tarkin? Yes. Uh -huh. Try and cheat Damn me it. again, I'm Andy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. You should. 
Alrighty. So you still have your battlefield engineer out mm -hmm. there. <laughs> I will use one defensive upgrades enhance an objective enhanced objective gains plus three damage capacity so I have to do three to it next turn so you gotta do another four to okay. kill it well four hmm that might change what I'm gonna do to smidge we'll find out um, can't I do? Because Tarkin's tapped out next turn. Can I do four? One, two, three, four. You got four committed, or five committed five force right force. now. So right <coughs> now, I can't do much to change that. I will attack with my ATST. No, I'll defend with dipstick here. Okay, then we go move on to our edge battle. Yeah, I'm, I'm breeding stuff here. I can play events whenever, right? Yes. Oh, do I want to do that? That could be fun, but it could hurt me. Is it free? Yeah, it's free. Okay. I'm trying to decide if I want to do it and be funny. Ha ha! But I don't know if I can get it back real quick. So it will let me draw two. Right now you're looking pretty good, because right now the Death Star is only at three. Is there stuff that gets rid of enhancements? Yes. I'm not sure if there are in the Rebel deck. It's I haven't played a whole but lot I'm of But I'm going to get three shots off next turn. You know what? We'll play. You're my only hope. Okay. Sacrifice a unit. Okay. I'll put it under that one. I think I get to choose. No, it doesn't say so. If this unit leaves play, it is captured by your opponent at any dark side. Oh, of his choice. Ah, I didn't see of his choice. Mmm, do I want to do that just to clear everything off? <coughs> there wouldn't be a purpose. It could screw me. It could, would, but uh, they're all going to clear off next turn anyway. Right, but you would be able to... You'd be able to defend, defend with, with these guys. Extra people. That's right. You know what? Let's try it anyway. I like that idea. Put Leia somewhere. I'll draw two. You have to discard one. Alright, so I captured Leia. Yep. All my stuff gets cleared off. I'll put her. So now I can defend with extra people, right? I'll put Leia here. So you you took one one off of everybody. Yep. I, no, I take. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can you can now. So I should do this. Extra people. Now it's edge battle. Hey, I've got something. <coughs> well, is that about you drawing a card and me discarding? Card? I draw two cards. You discard a card. From what? You're my only help. Sacrifice character. Oh, I draw nice. two. You discard one. Okay. Um. Had Leia on there, so I figured might as well play it with Leia, right? Well, that sucks. I guess I'll discard Twisted Fate. That's right. 
That's right. So you get to, to your attacker, you get to... Uh, yep, I'm attacking, so... I will... Do this. Yeah, what, three cards in your hand? Yes. Three cards to your one. I'll keep this one. I'll pass. Twist of fate. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's discarded. Yeah. I like that. Not very much. Now we get to start a new one, right? Yep. Start a new fate battle. Uh. Which, if it's tied, who... Who goes first, the attacker? Yeah. I... Oh, you get to go first. Yeah, see what I did there? I won't. I'll pass. Um, play this to make sure I get to go first. <coughs> so I get to go first, right? Okay. Yep. Now... He's he's awesome because I can play him during my Admiral Akbar. I can play during my turn. Yep. Or during an engagement, and he gets from my hand as a participating unit. With this unit enters play during an engagement, deals one damage to each participating enemy unit. So ATS will take a damage. Yep. I won the doohickey, right? Mm-hmm. So the blacks go off now. It, it goes back and forth. So okay, so you're. We'll activate that one then. Okay. Oh wait. If I were you, I would activate Akbar, Akbar to put a thing on him so he can't strike. So he at can't me. do anything. <coughs> okay, so I exhaust Akbar. Yep, that'll exhaust the Akbar. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything. So we'll activate the black blaster to put a damage on ATSD. Then we'll activate this black bat, uh, not bastard, blaster, to put the token on the ATST and kill and, him off. And kill my ATST. You and then this gets bastard. to strike a unit? No. Or only if he attacks? Only if you're attacking. Or objective. Yay, no ATST, he's so dead. You killed my ATST. And now I got three slots at your stuff next turn. Yep, pretty much. Yay, the little way of play worked. Yeah, well, it was pretty good. No, the you are my. Only hope actually worked. Yeah. yeah, that too. So now it's my go. Balance, I get to do a damage to something. Mm-hmm. <coughs> do an objective. You now I would get to. Well, you'd want to do it to this one. Well, not necessarily. No, it's plus three. So I need to do four to it to take it out. If I attack with two people, that's going to do four to it, right? Because I get one for being unopposed. And one per blast icon. One per blast icon, okay. So I could do two to it that turn. If you win the edge battle. You have one card. Yeah. And I still hit the draw. Right. Um, I think I can do four to it. Let's start to divide and conquer here. Okay. Well, actually, I only have to kill three off, right? Yep. Period. We'll put it where it should go. Yeah. Be smart about it. Refresh. Everything's going to clear because that gets to clear two off of something. So. What lets you clear off two? Mobility squadron. After you refresh, move one focus token from a target objective or enhancement you control. Yep. So everything's all fresh and clean, clean. Draw five. Three, four, five. Ooh. 
Ooh. That could be fun. Ooh, that looks really fun. Okay. <clears throat> Have you guys gotten to play any of the uh, Smugglers and Thieves? Not yet. There's not really enough. I mean, there, there's enough cards for it. But right now, there, there's there's just not a whole lot of cards for Smugglers and Bounty Hunter stuff. Oh, like, now, wait a minute. That's sort of a taste of what's I declare where I'm attacking first, right? What's that? I would declare where I'm attacking first. Yes. You Last would. icon, do I have to hit the one I'm attacking? Yes. Lots of shenanigans. <clears throat> hmm. So we will do this. Uh, we'll put two here. And one on my Rebel Alliance to play Red 2. Red 2 is badass. Yeah, reaction. After objective is destroyed, remove one focus token from this unit. Um, basically attacks twice. Yes. And... Secret informant. We will put two on Draw Their Fire. One on defense of Yavin 4. Oh, I could have discarded a card to reduce that one. Okay, so really, I have to do how many more damage that? One, two, three, four, one. five? Oh, it's eight, so. One, two, three, four. Three. Four, so I only have to do three, three, and they have to have blast, right? <coughs> As it is right now. You could do three damage with both those cards. Because they're going to be unopposed. They'll be unopposed. These guys aren't doing anything. Um, I think... Oh, there's actually no point not to do that. So we will attack with Red 2 and Secret Informant okay. on the one I need to KO. Mm -hmm. So... Alright, so Edge Battle. You can play cards if you wish. I'll go ahead and pass to see if you do anything. I'll pass two. So okay. you have the you have the edge. I get the edge. So this is gonna hit one automatically. Mm -hmm. This is gonna hit one because I won. And mm -hmm. then they're gonna do an additional because someone opposed. So that'd be three. So that'll KO that. Alright, so you'd exhaust both of them. Exhaust both, but red two How, says however, after an objective is destroyed, I get to remove the exhaust token yeah, from them. So you're able to attack again if you like. And who'd you you attack with her? Yeah, she's so exhausted. now you'd be able to attack with red two and anybody else anybody without. Anybody else. So you would probably <coughs> want to attack with those two. So they're both. They all have a health of five, right? Let's go after that bottom one. Uh, so whatever that reconnaissance mission or whatever, whatever the one Leia's under. Yeah. Oh, I can't deploy an additional person. I did that so bad. Oh well. So we're going after that one. Mm -hmm. um, so we would start a new edge battle, correct? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to play anything. I'll pass. Yeah, I'll pass too. All right, I'll play an event, and I will exhaust Mon Mothma the two that she is able to exhaust. Action, deal two target damage to an enemy unit or objective. We'll put the two on that. These each do two for winning the edge battle, and then one for being unopposed. So a total of three. So a total of three more, which should kill it. 
three, four, five. Yep. So you won. Yay, Rebels win. Good job, Charlie, striking a blow for the rebellion. Sometimes. <laughs> if I'm not swayed by the dark side. Come here, Leia. I'll get you back. Okay, guys. Well, what what would you say are the pros of this game? One of the stronger points. I think stronger points are it's it, uh, deck building is really easy. Actually, I didn't go over that with you, Charlie. Um, each of the objectives have five other cards associated with it. Okay. So. Um, basically, you choose your objectives you want in your deck, and that decides on what cards are in your deck. Hmm. Like, uh, Draw Their Fire is number 12. Yeah. If you look at your cards, all the cards with number 12 on it are associated with this objective. Okay. I was wondering what those numbers were. Yeah. So, depending on what objectives you choose for your deck, that dictates what cards go in your this, deck. Why does it says two of six, not two or six? Uh, two of six, so what is that, ten? Yeah, ten, so, two of six. So, whatever objective ten is, uh, that the objective would be number one. Basically, it's just the... It, it's There's other cards in that objective set also. Ah. Win the Empire. After you refresh, place one shield, a target unit or objective. And I guess a shield would absorb one damage. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, a strong point of the game. I think. I think it, it, it's making decks is it's simpler. I'm not sure if that's necessarily a great thing, but for what the game is, I think it flows pretty well. I was say it was over pretty quick. Yeah, that's it the other thing. Doesn't take strength. a ton of time. Yeah, it's it, it, they're quick games. You know, it. If I wasn't teaching you, it probably would have been a ten minute game. And anytime you can get something done in ten or fifteen minutes, that's usually a plus. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like you get games over quick. If you want to change your deck, it's real quick to change your deck. You can change up cards super easy. Also. Uh -huh. But you know, keep in mind these are the 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 decks like the suggested decks uh, in the rule book. So you can customize them. A little bit. Yeah. Um. Another plus. Uh. The characters seem to kind of actually do what they do in the movie, more or less, like the character cards. Mm-hmm. Because Mon Mothma didn't really attack or do any damage, but she was able to help. Boost my troops up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you pretty much rolled over me pretty quick. <laughs> Rebel power! That's right. Well, I've noticed looking through the decks, um, you know, some of the cards, one, the artwork on the cards is great. Um, you know, some of my favorites were redo redos of Ralph McQuarrie stuff but some of the things I liked were original art like you can tell it's original art that you've never seen before yeah but um, as far as the deck goes I saw what Charlie was talking about with you know the what the title on the card or the character in the card their actions or how they affect the game line up with their character in the movie or what type of weapon it was or what type of location it is and so I mean 
all of this adds to the Star Wars mythos and adds to the enjoyment of it. You know, um, the only thing I, I've always been a, a Star Wars video gamer because I never had friends that I could sit down and play this stuff with before. Well, not until now. But uh, we have any of the Star Wars games we can expose Harrison to. What Star Wars games? I've got both the risk, uh, quite a few of the monopolies, like or like Star Wars, Star like Wars. unique Star Wars games, not necessarily <laughs> somewhere. Of somewhere other I've games. got the old Star Wars uh, collectible card game. Oh fuck, that was a great game. Don't get me started on that. Um, other than that, I don't have a lot of them because they're usually kind of expensive. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, sticking with the Star Wars LCG, would you guys suggest this to our listeners? I would. I would suggest it. Um, uh, except right now, it's pretty much just Rebels versus Imperials. I didn't. Well, I mean, th- that's like no Boba Fett. So if you're a Boba Fett no, Boba fan, Fett. Boy, Bo- or fan Bo- girl, Boba Fett's in there. Let me see. I didn't see Boba Fett. Well, he's not. He just wasn't in the deck you were playing. Let me find him for you. But I mean, if they do some expansions and bring in some other characters, then. Definitely. Right now, it's still pretty solid so far. Yeah. See, I didn't think you'd like it. That's okay. Uh, if, but if you do like I did, where I got my Mothman layout, opening hand, maybe a couple power pieces out opening hand, it kind of it seemed to put you on the defensive a lot. There's Boba Fett. There is a Boba Fett. Now, he captures a unit. What does capture do? Uh, capture, uh, basically, captured cards go underneath my objectives. Why would I want to capture something instead of just killing it? Uh, there's other cards that play after, play off of captured cards. Ah. And again, keeping with what he does. Yeah, he captures people. Bounty hunter. He captures yeah, and uh, subsequent expansions, they're going to have, like, bounties, and there's cards that play off, uh, off of captured cards. Uh, like... All the um, the scum and villainy um, faction faction cards. Uh, they they haven't been really brought into the game yet. Really, uh, for the core sets, the the main are the uh, <clears throat> the Jedi, the Rebel Alliance, the Imperial Navy, and Sith are the four main factions in the core sets. And then also there's Scum and Villainy and uh, Smugglers and Scoundrels, I think, is the other faction. Yeah. So later on, the Scum and Villainy and Smugglers and Scoundrels uh, will be more predominant in the game. Like, I think the, the first main expansion for the game will deal with that. Uh, right now, like, I think they're called force packs, where you get, like, a small number of ob- objectives, uh, and they're, like, 15... Booster packs? Yeah. Well, they're, they're $15. They're, they're larger than booster packs, and you, you're guaranteed to get all the cards. It's a living, living card game. You don't get, like, the 15 card, um, 
booster packs that you would be used to in any other CCG. So can or I just CCG. go and pick up like a bounty hunter booster, more or less, or is it just you get a random one and what's in it? No, it, 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 it's 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 totally fixed. So if if you go to the store and you buy this booster, you know what cards you're going to get. Okay, so it's like the Monster Apocalypse and games like that, where I want to play this faction, so I just go buy that yes. set and I get all of it. Yeah. There's a plus. Yeah, it's no a big plus. To it's, it, it, stuff. It, it, it's it's it'll be cheaper in the long run. Yeah. Like there be times where whenever I was playing the Star Wars CCG, where I would drop one hundred and fifty dollars on a box of cards, and I was not necessarily guaranteed to get all the cards in the set because it was just a box of booster packs. But in this. You, you you spend maybe fifteen twenty dollars a month and you're guaranteed to get all the cards in those sets. And that's a reasonable price for a card game. Yeah. And then maybe every six months to a year, there's a big expansion that costs like thirty bucks or something like that. Okay, but overall, after playing the game, you guys give it the. Uh Mopa seal of approval? Uh, yes, I will yep. give the Mopa seal of approval. Good, good. Well, thank you guys for uh, allowing me to come record this. and uh, I apologize to our listeners that it was maybe a little boring. That's okay. <laughs> I don't really think they come here for uh, thrills and chills and excitement, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, I know you were wanting to talk about, like, uh, gaming, like Star Wars in general. What what other games have have you played, Charlie, and like related to the Star Wars universe? Um, I think uh, Star Wars minis a little bit. Um, I've got a lot of the old collectible card game, but never really got into playing because I didn't have anybody to play it with. That was such a good game. I won't get into that now, or else I'd just get on a tyrant and no, and everybody would stop listening. Other than that, it's usually just Star Wars editions of games that are already out, like Monopoly or Risk or Trivia Pursuit, stuff like that. And I enjoy those versions of those games, but I've always been partial to like the original, you know, the original. Games, but if you think about it, there's not a whole lot of actual original Star Wars games. It's not just a knockoff of Monopoly or Risk. There's or a fair amount. Stuff. I mean, there's been uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. There's been four or five different card games. Uh, two of which were good. The rest of them were kind of subpar and weren't all that great there's the original Star Wars CCG card game that came out in 94 95 something like that and went through 99 or 2000 2001 something like that and uh, I played that all the way through I, I, I started playing the Star Wars CCG at Premiere and played all the way through Endor and after Endor once they started getting into the prequel uh, prequel sets I kind of lost interest a little bit 
So you're saying the prequel killed it? Yes, the prequel killed it. The card Jar Jar game, the fault. card game kids, not not anything else. We're not getting into that hornet's nest of a discussion. No, 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 no. Even though I think we're all three pretty much agreed on that that point, but uh. And then the rights got sold out from under Decipher and all sorts of other stuff, and there were some shady dealings on going at Decipher that also contributed to the death of the game, but we won't go into that. Uh, a different podcast for a different that, time. Yes, that is a different com- podcast. Those might have been those time. other things that uh, City of City had for Darth Maul yes. to do. Uh, suffice it to say, um, yeah, I, I absolutely love the original Star Wars CCG, and I played it for years. Uh, it was the first card game, like uh, collectible card game or train card game or whatever you want to call it, that I ever played, and. I just fell in love with it, and it's the card game that I, that I compare to every other card game that I play. Oh, you don't want to do that, man. You, you can't compare your games to your ex. Oh, I, I no, I, I agree. Your and, card games are going to get jealous. Yeah, I know. My other card games are going to get jealous, and uh, they just won't level up to my, my first... And but uh, that this current uh, Star Wars LCG is probably the closest I've come to one wanting to get back into competitive play and keeping up with a card game. Oh, competitive play. Okay. Like, are there actual like big tournaments for this? They will eventually. It, it's a relatively new game. I think it's been out for maybe six to eight months or something like that. So once it once there's a, a whole you know Star Wars just brings people in so I think I think eventually it'll get a, a pretty good following yeah and you know you slap Star Wars on something okay just think two years ago if you slap Star Wars on something you got a fair amount of return on that of people going and seeing what it was about mm-hmm. but now you combine that with the buyout from Disney which I I've heard about it on another podcast I've talked about it a bunch. You know, it's it's inevitable that it's going to come up because now it's going to color every discussion about Star Wars for the next for the foreseeable future. Is that now it is owned by Disney, and you combine the two, and you've got a recipe for success. Yeah, mass market appeal. Well. What I like to say about Disney buying out Star Wars and all the naysayers saying they're going to ruin it and everything. They bought out Marvel. We got all the Marvel movies and Avengers. Yep. And see, that's that's the thing. If somebody is arguing that the buyout, and this isn't what I want this episode to, to be about, but if somebody is arguing that the, the buyout is a negative thing, then they obviously haven't been paying attention to the track record that you know Marvel and the Pixar track. and all of them... That if they come under the Disney umbrella, they were made better. Yes, there are certain things that changed that a lot of people didn't want to happen. Or they thought, oh, that would be a cool idea. Or wouldn't it have been cool if this had happened? But it didn't. But for the majority of of what happened, it was a good thing. Now, I wish... I kind of wish... Because I'm more of a DC fan than I am a Marvel fan. But, you know, I kind of wish Disney had just 
bought Warner Brothers, so the DC, the JLA movie would have been out so by now. Maybe we got a good Superman movie. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm I'm holding out hope for this new one, but not very much hope. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, or Green Lantern where he doesn't put on the ring, or Snesser doesn't put on the yellow power ring for no reason. For no reason. I'm like, eh, there's this really cool yellow ring. I'll see what that looks like when I put it on. But on another plus note, means more Indiana Jones probably. Yes. We are, we uh, Charlie and I are also avid Indiana Jones fans. Fans is. As am I, your faithful host. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. As I was telling Andy earlier, Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably one of the best films of all time. It's my favorite film of the Indiana Jones. Out of, you know, just looking at him as a movie. The Last Crusade is the best Indiana Jones film. If you understand the differentiating, the differentiation I'm making. Is that Raiders of the Lost Ark as a film, if you didn't know anything about Indiana Jones or anything, you could watch it, and that's a great movie. And the other three don't have that. They require you to know a little bit about Indy first. Right. They require you to know his history. But as far as Indiana Jones goes, like as far as the storyline and what you learn about the character and all that... The Last Crusade is the best Indiana Jones film in the series. And we're not even going to talk about the King, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, I've never heard of that movie. I guess well, I'm I mean, the only person who didn't absolutely hate it. No, it's not that I didn't... <laughs> it's not that I absolutely hated it. It's just, you know, I, I compartmentalize. It's like the continuity of the X-Men movies. I enjoy them for what they are, but I compartmentalize them and section them off. I enjoyed First Class. Yeah, I enjoyed First Class. That's why I'm I'm separating the singer X-Men from First Class. First Class is the X-Men that I hope to see continued on the screen. The singer X-Men, unfortunately, is probably what I'm going to end up seeing on the screen. And the last stand, God. Don't even get me started. How does Wolver- how, how does Hugh Jackman end up naked in every one of these films? Oh, women like mm. naked Hugh Jackman. And apparently, Andy does too. I didn't say that. You can't see him, but he's green. He's like a pretty a fox. sexy man. I'll give him that much, I suppose. <laughs> Did I just hear a schneet? Oh. <laughs> uh, dirty. Wow, we're dirty. This is a dirty podcast. That was way, way, way off topic. Say we derailed that one pretty good. (laughs) Put the penny on the train track and watch it derail. But with that derailment, I'm going to get us back on track to say good night and God bless and may the force be with you. And thank you for stopping by my own private Alderaan. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week, folks. I thank you guys for stopping by again at my own private Alderaan. And you know where to find us on the internet if you've been listening to the show by now. But if you're new, we've got a blog at my own private Alderaan at word.wordpress.com. So, my own private Alderaan.wordpress.com. At Private Alderaan on Twitter. You can search my own private Alderaan for the Facebook page. Um, search Facebook for the My Own Private Alderaan Facebook page. 
And you can email us at M-O-P-A podcast, all one word, mopapodcast at gmail.com. So please give us some feedback. Let me know what, uh, I use us and we as the royal we and us. Give me some feedback and let me know what you like about the show. Let me know what you guys would like to see, what you would like to hear us talk about. But again, I thank you guys for stopping by. I'd like to send out some special thanks to Charlie and Rachel Norton for allowing me into their home and letting me set up my uh, brand new podcasting kit and uh, record in their lovely, lovely home. Uh, Thanks to Andy McCormick for constantly being there whenever I need somebody to fill in airtime because I have thought of nothing throughout the week. Oh, wait, that's breaking the fourth wall. Um, thank you for being my friend, Andy. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys for stopping by, and may the force be with you. As I mentioned before, this is a review of the Star Wars Living Card Game done by Andy McCormick and Charlie Norton, two of my friends from 501st. Garrison66, what up? But I'm going to apologize right now because this audio is horrible, horrible quality because the file, when I saved it and exported it, I didn't save it to the point where I could edit it at all. And so, and I I recorded it in a different format than Audacity, so when I ported it over to Audacity, it just came as the raw file and I haven't been able to figure out how to fix that. So, I apologize right now for the audio, but let's get into it and you can listen to our review of Star Wars The Living Card Game. My own private Alderaan is protected under the Creative Commons license, and all audio clips are the property of their respective owners. Star Wars and all intellectual properties thereof is copyrighted by Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Lucasfilm is not affiliated with this fan production in any way. Hey folks, this just in, Marky Mark Wahlberg has been cast as Jason Solo.